Dave is actually uh, preaching this morning at Cove Baptist Church in Farnborough, um, uh, and a small uh, Baptist church who have been in Interregnum for around six years. Interregnum is a little Baptist way of saying they haven't had a minister. Um, and so they've asked him as a local minister whether he would come, he would go and share the word with them this morning. So that's where he is and you've got me. Joy. Woo. I, have to, I haven't got it on down here. So I'm, oh, I've got it there. That's all right. I'm not great with technical stuff. That's all right. Okay, so we're carrying on um, our journey into Ephesians and we've got to this verse of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 and I've called it workmanship released and hopefully as as we just work through this verse together um, things will come to light which will make you understand why I chose that so I'm going to hope yes it's working let's read this verse together shall we from Ephesians 2 verse 10 for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let me start by asking you a question. What is God's greatest masterpiece? For some of you, you might automatically think of the beautiful Hampshire countryside, which you walk in or you look out of your window and see. Or you may think of maybe the Grand Canyon or something like maybe Niagara Falls or Mount Everest. And they are certainly masterpieces. Absolutely. But what does this verse say? Let's read this together again. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The Greek word which is translated in the NIV as poema. Let me give you a little uh, little tip now I'm not a Greek scholar but Dave always says say it with confidence and nobody will know any different so I've said it with confidence it might be wrong apologies to any Greek scholars but poema there's the Greek word and it's where we get the word poem from but it, it's more than that. It's more than just a collection of, of eloquent words. It's more than people expressing themselves in a meaningful way. It talks about it being a work of art, a masterpiece. And this is my first point today. We are God's masterpiece. Each masterpiece is the work of a creator. If you go to any of these amazing galleries, whether it's the National Gallery in London or the Louvre in Paris or the Metropolitan Muse Museum of Art in New York, 
you will find the most incredible masterpieces, the most incredible pieces of art. But not one of those pieces of art were created by themselves. From the formulation of the idea in the first place to the planning, to the actual creation of the work of art, it's the artist who does all the work. There is a relationship between the artist and the masterpiece. The first thing that the artist will do is he will begin to formulate in his mind or her mind what they think the finished project product is going to look like. They will have some idea of where they're going. They will start to plan it. Look at this verse from Jeremiah. Let's read this together. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart for my holy purpose. Not to give my age away, but one of my most um, decades that I loved was the 80s. And I'm a little bit of a connoisseur of 80s music. And one of my favourite songs is by the Pet Shop Boys. And if you're looking blank now, I know you're either older or younger than me. But there was this song, and the song said, you are always on my mind. Great song, bit repetitive, but great song. But let's just turn that around to one little key thing. Let's change one word. You are always on his mind. You are always on his mind. God had you in his mind before you were created in your mother's womb. To put it a little bit more colloquially, before you were even a twinkle in your daddy's eye, God knew you. He had you in his mind. He pictured you as a perfect masterpiece with a holy purpose. You are unlike anything else in the whole world. You are more beautiful than Niagara Falls. You are more stunning than the Grand Canyon. You are more breathtaking than the Hampshire countryside. You see, when God first thought of us, just like the artist, he envisaged a finished product. But the masterpiece, if you like, is a work in progress. The creation of an, a masterpiece, a piece of art, is not usually the result of some brief haphazard effort, although I must admit, not being a particular fan of modern art, I do sometimes look at them and think, yeah, five-year-olds could do that. But anyway, the Mona Lisa apparently 
so I've read, required four years for da Vinci to complete it. In fact, x-rays have shown that there are up to three previous versions of the painting under the one that we are now familiar with. And we're a little bit like that, really, because we are works in progress. When we come to Christ, when we become a Christian, when we give our lives to Jesus, we don't become that finished piece of art, that masterpiece all at once. Paul, in his verse, writes and says that we are God's masterpiece. And you can understand why people might think, oh, that's fine then. You know, we've got it all sorted. It's all, we've made it. Um, I am a masterpiece. But actually, going back to the Greek again, when it translates as a present tense in the English language, it's actually a continuing tense. It's a continuing action. So literally, what that's saying is we are and will continue to become God's masterpiece. And in that going through the process of becoming a masterpiece, God allows us to go through a honing or a refining so that we become that masterpiece. We become more like Jesus. And sometimes that refining process is is like an artist just just touching up a little bit here and there, a, a masterful brushstroke. And yet other times it's like the chisel comes out, the hammer comes out, and he's knocking off those rough edges. But the things that God's doing, whether it's knocking off the rough edges with a chisel, whether it's refining those little bits with a fine brush stroke, it's all about making us into his masterpiece so that we would become more like Jesus. Again, Paul talks about this in another one of his letters. He says this in Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will, not might, but will, carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. There's a, a lovely worship song, and it's got this little phrase in it, and it says, you're not finished with me yet you're not finished with me yet. And I just find that such an encouragement that when we think, oh, Lord, there's that little bit of encouragement. God, I know you're not finished with me yet. So first thing, we're God's masterpiece. Second bit, we are created for good works. I'm going to get you to read it again. Ephesians 2.10. Let's read it. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Pieces of art 
artistic masterpieces over the years have been created for all kinds of purposes. Uh, reportedly, the portrait of the Mona Lisa was commissioned by da Vinci's father as a gift for some friends. Michelangelo painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel to fulfill a commission from Pope Julius II. But when we're talking about us, being the masterpiece, about being created to do good works. That is our purpose. That's the reason why we were created. That's the reason why we are saved. This guy here is uh, Rick Warren. And Wick, Wick? Rick Warren said this, we are not saved by good works. We are saved for good works. I'm going to say that again. We are not saved by good works. It's not the good things we do which are going to get us into heaven, are going to get us into a relationship with Jesus. But we are saved for good works. And he goes on to say, the Christian lifestyle is to be a lifestyle of goodness. You see, no piece of art on its own is actually capable of doing any good. It, it, if I took a piece of art and I stuck it in a box and I put it in a storage facility and left it there not being seen by anyone, it's useless. But once the artist takes that artwork and hangs it on the wall in a gallery and allows people to look at it, then the art is able to accomplish what it was created for. A little challenge. Do you need to be someone who recommits your life back into the hands of the artist? back into God's hands so that you are able to fulfill the purpose for which you were created, to allow God to use you as a conduit for good works. I've picked up a couple of... Um, not problems, but times where perhaps the translation into the NIV isn't quite uh, sort of getting the point. And, and, and it talks, when it talks about the end of the verse, where it talks about which God prepared in advance for us to do, other translations put it in, in a way that I think is better. They talk about literally walking it out walking out the good works, living the good works, not merely doing them. And, and I think that's such an important distinction to make because to live in or to walk in the good works indicates it's a lifestyle. It, it's not a to-do list that we just get to tick off at the end of the day and say, yes, I've done my good works for the day. Two verses here which will challenge us about how 
we're going to live out that lifestyle. Ephesians 4.1, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And Romans 12.1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. You see, there are good works. There are callings on each of our lives. There are things that God calls us to do. And as believers who have been created as God's masterpiece, he's given us this purpose of living a life that is characterised by the things that he calls us to do, the things that he's prepared for us to do. I'm going to ask Josh and Floss to come up now because when I was preparing this, I'm very much aware of what's happening in their life. And, and I felt it would be a good opportunity for us to hear from them as a couple who are God's masterpiece, who have been called to live a life that's worthy of the calling that he's received. So I'm just going to ask them to come and just give a testimony to you just to tell a little bit of their story about what God's been saying to them. Okay? Yeah, 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 I'll, I'll leave you there. I'll go and sit down. Cool. Yeah, so... Um, Hi. Probably about... Uh, probably uh, two years ago now, um, we, we were working for a church in, up in South Buckinghamshire, and um, we were both on staff team there, and we felt like God was calling us to um, step away from that role that we were part of in church. Um, and so I was working as a worship director for the church there, um, and Floss was doing um, like a leadership kind of training school with the, with the pastor of the church. And um, we felt like God was calling us to step out of that environment and begin to, to kind of, initially we thought to kind of minister outside of the context of, um, of one local church to be able to do things kind of, I guess, parachurch in multiple different places. But for us, like the, the like root of that was that we felt like God was calling us to do it together um, and that we were to do it equally. And that was kind of where it started for us. And, and what kind of evolved as we then um, handed in resignation and then we left our roles at the, um, in December 2020 um, was that we realized that the Lord was calling us to begin to live a life that looked a little bit different to anything that we've been used to before, um, a life living by faith um, and a really a life as full-time worshippers. We really resonate with the um, calling of the Levites in the Old Testament and um, there's a couple of key things about the Levites that um, we really believe the Lord's highlighted to us. The, the, firstly, that um, the Levites are apportioned no land. They're not, giving, not given any livestock in 
terms of the tribes of, of, of Israel, but, um, the, but the Levites, their calling is, is to minister to the Lord. It says in Deuteronomy 10, verse 8, there's this beautiful, really helpful summary, isn't there? And it says, and the Levites are called to um, first and foremost minister to the Lord's heart. That's their first job. Um, they're to, to look after, care for the temple, that space of worship, and they're to bless God's people, that like three-part role. Um, and for us, we really feel like the Lord has called us to, to live that out. Our number one job, our number one calling is that we might minister to the Lord's heart in everything that we're doing. And our priority in our everyday is to minister to the Lord's heart, um, to host the space of worship. Um, and it's been amazing to see how the Lord has provided for us um, not only the finances by which we've been able to live for the last 18 months um, because we haven't been taking any paid work. That's like part of that Levitical call that the Levites weren't apportioned land, they weren't apportioned livestock, um, but the rest of the tribes as part of their value for worship were called to support and uphold the Levites. And, and that's where all of the, like the offerings of first fruit were given to the Levites as part of that act of worship of the other tribes, of the other people. And, and for us, we've just seen how the Lord has stayed so true to the narrative that we see there, that as we've given ourselves to this calling that we believe that God's given us, um, to minister to his heart, to host a space of worship, and then to bless his people, that he has honoured that so much in, in the way that he's provided for us. Neither of us have been working in terms of paid work. Um, we haven't been asking for any support. We didn't believe that the Lord was giving us permission to do so. Um, so when some of our friends who were in a similar place were starting to write supporter letters and sort of that missionary letter kind of thing, um, we felt like the Lord was saying that we weren't allowed to do that, so we didn't. Um, but the way that he's provided for us, both financially on that sort of week-to-week -week basis and with various um, means, but also with housing and, and the fact that we've been living in um, places that we definitely should not be living in um, in the last 18 months or so. And, and, and the, the provision of a place that we've been able to call home, but a base for us to be able to minister to his heart and then use that place as a place of blessing for others um, has been really cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I feel like it's just worth adding as well. Like when we talk about our story, it kind of sounds big now. Like the, the testimonies of provision and of healing and things that we're seeing now kind of sound big and like unattainable, I think, sometimes. And I just I want to say they, it started with small yeses. We're not special or different to any one of you. And just what um, Carol was talking about, like we're each a masterpiece created by our creator, crafted intrinsically. It's just every part of us has been created by him, by the one. And um, even like we start our service with that verse, today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I think recently I've just been trying to pray that in the morning. Thank you, God, for this day. And that gratitude for this day means that I don't take it for granted. It means that I go into the day saying, Holy Spirit, thank you for this day. Thank you for the breath in my, in my lungs this morning. I don't want to waste this day. This time is for you. This time is for building your kingdom. And, and it means like saying yes to those small nudges you get at work, like where they're like, oh, shall I say something to my colleague? Or, oh, and, and sometimes I think we think, what, what happens if, what happens if this? And sometimes I think it's easier to flip it on its head and say, what happens if we don't do that? Yeah. 
What happens if we don't obey? Because even those, those small, tiny seeds that he's placing in us, they're to be stewarded, right? And they're to be, they're to be grown, and they're to be so that we can grow in stature in the spirit and also just see him at work. We invite him to work when we step out in faith or we step out in obedience and we say yes to him. So even the small yeses grow a bigger story. And I think sometimes we surprise ourselves with what we say and what we do. What we say, and, and we surprise ourselves when we tell stories that we've seen. And we're like, oh my goodness, that happened to us. We're so, like, we're, we're not really anything. But the Spirit of God dwells in us. And um, Romans 6.10 says, The Spirit of God who resurrected Jesus lives in us today. And I think so often we forget that, don't we? So often we forget that it's the, it's the Spirit who brought Jesus Christ back to life that lives in us today. And, and it's like this reframing that needs to happen. God, I'm walking into this place and I don't really know what to say. I don't know what to do. I think I get it wrong a lot. But your spirit is at work in me, and your spirit resurrected Jesus. He, he brought him back from the dead. And that's the same spirit I'm going to believe is going to move today in my colleagues, in my friends, in my family, in this situation. Um, so I feel like there's just like a, I don't know, I just invite you to say yes to him, like even in the small things, because that's what he's asked us to do. We're masterpieces. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And just kind of to just sort of wrap that up, really. I think just as as Mum was sharing there and using and sharing that verse about the living the living sacrifices um, that we're called to be. And I was just reminded of um, in John three that um, that verse where um, um, it says that you know we are being we're, well, that we're called to become less that He might become greater. Um, yeah. I want to be I want to be less so that the Lord gets the glory, so that he gets the honor, he gets the fame. And I think for us, like part of the privilege of the journey for us has been that as we have been willing to take our hands off to just be who he's called us to be and to to stop trying to bring our hands into play and try and find solutions or sort things out, as we have been more hands-off, the testimony of the Lord being hands-on yeah. has just grown and grown and grown. And, and it, as it literally feels like, doesn't it, that, that there are so many moments where we probably could have tried to dabble and tried to like help God out in some way, shape or form, be it through in the provision side of things, or are we meant to like step into something that's going to help us along the way or, you know, that kind of thing. And the reality is that as we remain in this posture of being a living sacrifice, I'll be less that Lord, you might be greater, that you might be glorified more in everything that you're doing. That's this place where we're seeing such an incredible um, testimony of what the Lord's doing and a welcoming in of his glory into that space. Yeah. And um, I'll just say as well that, you know, as parents, it doesn't matter how old they are, you still want to fix things. And, um, you know, actually it's been... um, uh, as much their, their journey has been a real lesson to Dave and I as well and um, just to to see the way that they are so totally sticking to what God's told them which takes a lot of guts it really does it really does so thank you for sharing but also just to say as they said they're not special 
all they're doing is following through what God's called them to do. So in the same way that they are being provided for, that God is meeting their needs, he is leading them into where he's calling them to be, what he's calling them to be, who he's calling them to be. It's the same for us. It's the same for each of us as well. Just to say, please do pray for these guys. Um, They are currently have no home they have they have homes because they are going and staying with friends and family and God's given them all sorts of house sitting jobs to do Um, but I think they would love God to reveal (laughs) where their next permanent or semi-permanent place is going to be so so thank you so we're just going to sum it up we're just going to sum this all up aren't we so we're just going to say before we were created as God's masterpieces through Jesus we were totally incapable of doing the things that God asked them to do you know without God these two would not be where they are they would not be able to say God it's all about you I think any of us that are involved in any ministry at all even living our lives on a daily basis you know I sometimes say I don't know how people cope with life without Jesus I really don't I look at it and I think wow how are you coping without Jesus but you know the thing is as 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 Floss was saying you know we 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 were we were in our in our in our in our dirt we were we were in a place where we were dead to God we were dominated by the world by by Satan by our own flesh and it 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 didn't matter what we did and how good the things were that we were doing that it says in the scripture that they were still filthy rags in the eyes of God and we certainly were not capable of living a lifestyle whereby we were living in the good works that God had prepared for us but when God meets us when God takes us and leads us into a relationship with him and he washes us and those dirty filthy rags become pure and white one of the things as as Floss was saying is he gave us he gives us his precious Holy Spirit and it's the Holy Spirit living in us that gives us the power to be able to live the kind of life that Paul is writing about. So I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to lead us in prayer as, as a response to, to what we've, we've brought this morning. And just to leave you with some challenges. Maybe God has been speaking to you and uh, as Dave often says, you know, if God has spoken to you, please don't don't leave this building, don't leave this place without speaking to somebody to be prayed for, that God would seal what he's doing. So let's just pray. So just in, in the quiet now, I'm just going to recall some of the things that we've spoken about during this message and give you an opportunity just to respond if, if this is something that is resounding with you. Do I see myself as God's masterpiece? Or is there something 
that is blocking me knowing this truth in my life. Jesus, we give you permission now to just bring to mind any of those things which are blocking us knowing that we are your masterpiece. Perhaps you've been a masterpiece that's trying to do it on your own and you found yourself just stuck in that box in a storeroom and you just love for the artist to come and take you out of the box and to hang you on the gallery wall for all to see. God, if I've been one of those who have resisted you using me, I just recommit myself back into your hands, God, so that you can fulfill in me the purpose for which I was created. And maybe thoughts have been going through your mind that says, it's all right for them. What about me? It's just simply giving yourself back into God's hands and saying, God, take me and use me. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, for thee. God, if, I, if I've held back, if I've resisted allowing you to use me, I repent of that, God. I repent of that and I offer myself anew to you to be used. And finally, maybe you've been trying to do the things that God's called you to do in your own strength. And you're tired and you're burnt out and you're fed up and you're sick. Be filled. Be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Receive the power that's needed to carry out the good works that he created us for. Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh, we pray. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to do everything that you have called us to do. That we can be your masterpieces and that you use us for good works.
in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.